Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Reddit Readings, episode 103. This is one of this week's free episodes. If you want one of our premium episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Reddit Readings, and you can pick up our weekly bonus episode. Today we are jumping on into a few stories from r slash malicious compliance. So grab your tea and your popcorn. You better comply. And let's jump right in. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Posted by Boy in Black 13X. Ex-husband ghosts ex-wife. Racks up a huge bill. He clearly didn't think things through. My compliance was malicious for the ex-husband. I'm working in a billing queue in a call center for one of three telcos. The client calls in regard to a billing concern. This lady calls in, is puzzled by why she got charged a one-time fee $49 for a wireless access point. It's Gen 1 equipment for wireless set-top boxes for Optic TV. She's even more puzzled why she would have that charge when she doesn't have TV services from us. And I inform her she does. It started more or less a month ago. She's disputing that because Optic TV isn't available in her area. Okay, now I'm confused. She lives in a small town and there's no Optic TV there. Do a little digging and find out that someone no ex-husband, was still on her account and got a three-year contract to get free TV for optic TV and internet. She begins to cry on the phone and tells me her now ex-husband had an affair with a younger woman, divorced her, milked her for as much as he could and apparently is still milking her for more. He totally ghosted her, moved to Alberta, changed his email, phone number, blocked her on social media, etc. In my mind... I'm like, what a dickhead. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. If you cancel the services, you're on the hook to pay for cancellation fees and so on. I can tell her, though. I can remove his access to your account, and you can also add on a password, downgrade the internet and TV to the bare essentials, and I can attempt to redirect the TV gift from his address to hers. But there's no guarantee as it's been processed already. I can hear the light going off in her head. Wait, what? You have where he's living, now? Why, yes. He's got TV and internet services, so there's a service address. She goes really quiet and says her lawyer and herself have been trying to track him down, but his family and friends are being tight-lipped about it. She asks if I'm allowed to give that info to her. I smile and reply, Well, this is your account. You have unrestricted access for service addresses, phone numbers, emails that your now ex-husband provided to us to get hooked up. She asks that I can give her his new address, his new cell number, 
and the second number left on the account, presumably the new woman, and contact info over the phone right now. I asked if she had a pen and paper handy. She was ecstatic. And after giving her all the details from her account, regarding the second service address, downgrading everything, and he was a hockey fan and there was a game playing right now with his team, so I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when the game cuts out and he calls in to ask what the fuck and discovers he's been removed and there's an account pin and he's been discovered by his ex-wife and lawyer. Posted by Tacky Queen Won't honour the contract? Fine. Hope you like hot pink duct tape. Many years ago, I was an elected union president at a Fortune 500 company, but I was only in charge of one contracted group. As such, the bargaining power of the main company was much higher than my own, but even they couldn't intervene too much. My group's contract switched from Company A to Company B in 2012, but the contract remained unchanged. Company B inherited all of the contract requirements of Company A and agreed to meet them, but opted to fight me on several minor clauses when it came down to it. Most were solved without too much conflict, but the major sticking point was in regard to uniforms. Our contract ensured that we were given an allowance to pay for new uniforms and vouchers for steel-toed boots every year. When it came time for our new vouchers, they refused, citing that they'd given us a slight raise which should offset the cost of boots. I informed them that a cost-of-living raise didn't void the portion of the contract requiring them to provide vouchers for shoes, to which they responded... They just hadn't figured out how to provide vouchers yet. After assurances they would provide the vouchers as soon as they could work it out, I dropped the issue. Unsurprisingly, months later, they still hadn't provided vouchers for replacement shoes. It should be noted that this was a very large campus and many of us walked several miles a day in these shoes, and the shoes were caked with chemicals and dirt and started to look pretty vile within a year. We had to wear the same work shoes in office areas, and we'd started to get complaints. I decided to lean into this. This is where malicious compliance begins. No new shoes? Fine. I'll rig them up to last longer. I went out and bought several rolls of the flashiest and most obnoxious duct tape I could find. I began to... Repair holes in my shoes with duct tape and extra fabric to the point that my hot pink shoes became easily recognizable. The safety team for the main company was so amused, they gifted me hot pink safety glasses and gloves to match. I also lent out my gaudy duct tape collection to any employee needing to upgrade their shoes. Suddenly, the complaints about our dirty shoes were replaced by complaints about obviously duct-taped shoes. Whenever we were asked, we'd tell both union and non-union workers that it was a small protest against the refusal to honour the shoe vouchers in the contract. The next year rolls round and still no new shoe vouchers, but suddenly our uniform allowance was increased to $150 to allow for new steel-toed shoes to be purchased. After speaking to the union members... I agreed to allow that in place of the vouchers. I kept my duct tape collection permanently on display as a threat, 
and would use it anytime safety equipment wasn't being replaced and required repair. Posted by Mojons. Buy what I can afford. Okay. Last month I was shopping around for a washing machine. For context, I'm in Nairobi, Kenya. Yes, it's a place. Yes, it's in Africa. Yes, we have electricity and running water. I'm a bit of a late bloomer, so I look more like a 23-year-old, but I'm 32. Also, I'm a photographer and I dress for comfort, so I more often than not look homeless. Back to the story. I looked up what I wanted online and saw it was available at one of the major chains, but since I was free, I decided to go to the store in person. I went straight to the section with laundry equipment and one of the salesmen came to me. I was busy checking out the model I wanted, opening the door, reading the spec sheet and whatnot, so after he greeted me, we started talking about it. He asked if I'm interested in buying it and I told him I'm considering it and asked for the price. It was just shy of $900, I knew that from their website. But since I was in store, I asked if they had any in-store discounts or discounts for return customers and inquired about their payment plans. I'd bought a cooker there a few months before, so I knew all these things existed, and while I could afford to buy the washer outright, it would have left me a little cash strapped and I wanted to spread the payments over two or three weeks. Also, I'm frugal, so I always look out for discounts. As around this time, a well-dressed couple came into the same section, probably looking to buy something as well and as soon as the salesman saw them, he walked to them and left me hanging. I called to him like, hey, I wasn't done. And he said, oh, I'm serving a client now, I'll come back to you in a bit. In the meantime, look around for something you can afford. I was furious, but I'm a bit of a coward, so I walked away and went to the customer service station and started making my inquiry all over again. The attendant offered to call a sales agent for me. Same guy, apparently he's the go-to guy for washing machines. But I declined. I told her I already knew what I wanted and I just needed someone to help me with the paperwork and the payment and I'll be on my way. She did just that. I paid the full amount out of spite and as we were finishing up, the salesman came up to her claiming I was his client, which I denied, and the attendant listed herself as the sales agent. It turns out they earn a 10% commission from each sale and the guy just missed out on a decent bonus. Salesmen earn around $300 plus commission monthly. As I left, I turned to him and said, Turns out I could afford it. With the biggest grin I could muster. Felt good. Best part? The couple he ditched me for left without buying anything. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Posted by NMK. The time the airline I worked for lost thousands because they didn't want to pay me 10 bucks 50 So the year before COVID hit the US, I started working for one of the major airlines at my local airport as a baggage handler. I absolutely loved the job. I just enjoyed being around planes from the ground level. When I started, there were no full-time positions available, so I was working part-time, six-hour nights, five times a week. The way it usually works is each gate has a lead. The person with extra training to do the load planning and scanning and towing the planes to the runway as well as guiding them in. And a few baggage handlers, 
Now, I had only been there a few months, but I was working my ass off and showing that I was a team player. I decided I was going to try to become a lead, even though they usually want you to work a year or so as a handler first. I was confident and ended up passing the training course with ease. The problem was they had no availability for more leads, so I was put into what was basically an on-call lead kind of thing where they could upgrade me for the day if they needed more leads. Now, whenever they upgrade you to a lead, even if it's for a single flight, they have to pay you the extra $1.75 an hour leads get for your whole shift. Remember, I work six-hour days, so $10.50 is the cost to make me a lead for my shift. Now, for a few months, everything was great. I was a part-time baggage handler, but I was working as lead for my whole shift, every shift, and I was loving every second of it. Something about towing huge planes full of people to the runway was just awesome to me. Enter everyone's favorite virus, good old COVID-19. Within months, the airline industry is tanking pretty hard as nobody wants to travel and get stuck somewhere. Supervisors are being told to cut costs everywhere they can, which makes sense given the circumstances. Queue up the night of my MC. It's maybe 11pm and I'm on till 1am. Supervisors have sent a large chunk of workers home and those of us left are being sent all over the airport to cover the flights we do still have coming. I get a call from the office that assigns your flights and I'm told to go grab a box and a walkie, the stuff needed to plug into the plane to talk to the flight deck. They tell me to head to the gate, the flight's landing in five and to just put in my request for lead. When asked to be a lead, you put it on the company app and a supervisor approves your pay raise for the day. I get to my gate, check the load coming off the plane, brief the handlers on what's coming down and we all get to our spots to bring the plane in. I see the plane coming down the lane to my gate and at the same time my zone supervisor drives up to my gate and asks me to come over. He tells me something along the lines of, hey man, we can't upgrade you to lead right now, we just can't swing the extra expense right now? I respond with, oh okay, so who's going to bring the plane in? Nobody else on the gate is lead trained and supervisors are not allowed to do any of our work because of the union rules. He then tells me he's going to find another lead to bring it in and to just assist him when he arrives. So I'm like, sure, whatever. Now, it's important to note that planes have very tight metrics for how long it can take to bring a flight in, unload and reload for the next flight. The flight pulls up to the edge of my gate and comes to a stop. There's no lead there guiding them in, so the flight just sits there waiting and the entire gate crew are also just standing around waiting. 20 minutes go by and my radio I still have on me goes off and the office is pissed. They want to know why the hell I'm holding this flight short and not bringing it in. To which I obviously reply with, What do you mean? Ex-supervisor told me they couldn't afford to pay me for lead work today and that they'll find someone else to do it. He then asked me if I can just please bring it in for him. I said, Sorry, but if you're not willing to pay me to do the lead work, then I'm only going to do the handler work I'm being paid for. As it turns out, they sent too many leads home this night and the ones they did have were all busy on flights already. After about 45 minutes, a lead from two terminals over finally strolls up and we're able to unload the plane as usual. But that 45 minutes the plane sat idle at the gate cost thousands in extra fuel. 
plus overtime for flight attendants forced into mandatory overtime from the situation, not to mention all the passengers who were pissed off from the extra weight, who were all comped some credits with the airline for the trouble. They also come to find out the supervisor's bonus were based on flight turnaround time, and this 45-minute short hold probably cost him his bonus and a write-up. So basically, the TLDR is supervisor didn't want to pay me the $10.50 for me to lead for the day and instead cost the airline thousands on a heavily delayed plane at the gate and probably his yearly bonus that all could have been avoided by just paying me the extra $1.75 an hour for my six-hour shift. Posted by Shophopper A letter for our CEO, Mr. Johnson I just came back from a great skiing trip with a bunch of colleagues. It was a short holiday in our private time and paid in full by anyone who joined the trip. In other words, it was a private trip, with all attendees working at the same company. The youngest person in the group was fresh out of school, while others have been in key positions in the company for decades. The company I work for is a Dutch engineering firm with a thousand-plus employees. This field of work is dominated by men. We are a professional yet very informal organization where everyone addresses each other on a first-name basis. Our former CEO was with us on the trip. Let's call her Kathy Johnson. Not only is she a great skier, but she is also a very outgoing person who loves to have fun and who hates pretentious behavior. By the way, the reason that she's not the CEO anymore but still works at the company is that we have a mandatory rule that requires the executive board to step down at the age of 55. The thought behind that is that the best-performing, fresh-minded leaders are generally not people who are well past 60 years of age. On the day of our return trip, a 10-hour drive, we were carpooling. We had already vacated the hotel and went out skiing until well after lunch. While we were changing clothes out in the open in the car park, she shared a great story. While she was the CEO, she received many letters addressed to the CEO, Mr. Johnson or Mr. C. Johnson. These letters were all based on the false assumption that the CEO of an engineering firm must be a man. She instructed her secretary to return every single letter unopened that addressed her as a man. Her secretary also a woman, loved doing that. She returned dozens of letters over the years stating that there was no Mr. Johnson at our company. When I asked Kathy about the replies, she told me that the senders invariably either sent a second letter with profuse apologies or were never heard of again. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True Terrors of Horror bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares, 
coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us on another fantastic episode of Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. Don't forget, if you want to get more of your Reddit Readings fix, head over to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Reddit Readings, to get our exclusive bonus episodes. Thank you very much. See you soon.